Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. And it's an honor to be here again, once again with you. Each week, I find that I, it just, it, I'm really excited about sharing the messages that come through. And I find that each week, I feel there's more of an expansion in the energy of, of the show, not only in, in your energy as listeners, but in my energy as well as the host. And the energy of the platform, I just, I feel like there's such a beautiful opportunity here for everyone to say yes to healing all their blocks and to say yes to truly awakening as deeply as they possibly can and as profoundly as they possibly can. So today I want to talk about a topic. It's one of those things I hear a lot from my clients and my Heartled Living members is how to stop taking everything so personally. And we do a lot of the nitty gritty work and, and we unwind a lot of the mind around this, but it, it takes a little while because we're so programmed to judge. We're so programmed to worry about what other people think and to even judge what people are doing or not doing. And we're, we've, we've become so invested in what others are doing or not doing for that matter. And what happens is we start to take it personally. We start to become personally invested in what others are doing. We become personally invested in what others think about us or don't think about us. And it's really challenging because what happens is it, it closes our mind. It creates a closed mind and a fearful mind, and it creates this foundation of fear of judgment. And we become afraid of other people's judgments. We become afraid of our own judgments, and it keeps us kind of whirling. The challenge is when we actually judge another person, when we take something personally and judge someone else for what they're doing or not doing, then it, it brings us into this projection cycle. I've talked a little bit about the projection cycle. I almost have to do like one whole show on it. I could probably take a whole month program on it to actually understand projection itself. It took me quite a while to wrap my head around it initially when I was being introduced to it. But projection is essentially a tool that the ego uses to prevent us from being able to see, feel, sense, or know something. And it keeps what we're meant to heal out of our reach. So what happens is the ego projects it out onto somebody else so that we can't see it and heal it within ourselves. So when we're taking things personally, when we're personally invested in what others are doing or they're not doing or what they're saying or what they're not saying, then that keeps us in that cycle of fear of judgment and projecting our own judgments onto them. So how do we shift out of that cycle? How do we stop taking everything so personally when we've been so programmed to do it that way for so long? That's where I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to talk about four essential keys 
to help you stop taking everything so personally. And when you start to integrate these essential keys, these, these lessons, then you'll be able to start catching yourself in the, the moments that you start to take things personally. We can take things personally within our families, within, you know, with strangers, with relationships at work. In any case, even with our children or people that are close to us, anytime we're taking something personally and we feel triggered by that, so we're impacted by that emotionally or energetically, um, there's a hit within us, something is hitting us deeper inside, that's simply an indication that we need to look within. So today I'm going to talk about the four essential keys. And there's lots more tools. I could probably talk about 20 tools that can help you. But these are the four that came in today. And these are the four that I'm going to share with you. As we get into this topic, I invite you again to land here with an open mind, curious mind. And that's actually the first essential key is be curious. And when we are in that space of curiosity, it removes judgment from our mind. We can't be curious and judging at the same time. It, it's kind of one or the other. So what happens is when we make a conscious choice to shift into curiosity, it opens our mind in a way that judgment doesn't allow. So a curious mind is an open mind. A made-up mind is a closed mind. So as you're triggered or as you're experiencing life and life is bumping up against you and people are doing something and you're reacting to it, that is an indication that we need to look inward. But first, before we actually even go inward, we need to move into curiosity. Curiosity opens our mind to try on another perspective. Curiosity opens our mind to not only try on another perspective about our own experience or our own reaction to what's going on, but also a, a different perspective to why maybe that person is doing what they're doing or they're not doing what they're not doing. So curiosity opens up a space to explore. And that's the first key. It's essential. And, and, and you can apply this to anything. It doesn't have to be only when you're taking something personally. Curiosity can be invited in at any time, in any situation. And like I was saying earlier, the curious mind is an open mind. As soon as we make up our mind about something, we've closed it. It's instantly closed. So that's why in, in my book, Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, I talk a lot about being wide open to anything but but the whole lesson, I know nothing about anything. I know nothing about anything. When we are open to that lesson, what we're really saying is in my mind, I think I know, but maybe I don't. Maybe what I think I know in my mind is not true. What if, what if it's not? So when we shift from, I don't know into, but I'm curious, then we have this beautiful open mind that we can explore. The second key is to look within. So the ego would have you so focused on what happened out there 
And I'm going to encourage you to focus on what happens inside of you because it's within you where you can find your triggers. It's within you where you can actually discover what's underneath the emotional upset. One of my favorite quotes from A Course in Miracles is, I am never upset for the reason I think. I am never upset for the reason I think. So when you go to turn within, you have a curious mind and then you shift to, I'm never upset for the reason I think. I think I'm upset because that person did something. But it's not about what they did or what they didn't do. That's not about you. They just are doing what they're doing or not doing what they're doing. Whatever they did, it's up, that's up to them. How you feel about what they do or didn't do, that's about you. So there's what happened and how you feel about what happened. That's where you need to look within. That's where you can turn in and discover what are your triggers and get in and underneath it. Because the more you can actually follow those emotional upsets down, the more and more surprised you will be at where they actually lead. And more often than not, it really has nothing to do with what happened. It's usually a trigger for something that happened in the past or a trigger to look at maybe some programming or a belief or thought that you have that is, is no longer serving. So when people feel, when they have a fundamental belief that they're not lovable, when someone does something, the ego takes that deep belief, projects it outwards and says, see, that person doesn't love you. See, you're unlovable. There's more evidence. What they're doing is, is whatever. They, so it takes what's happening inside of you, projects it outward, and makes the problem out there. And then in that, you feel like a victim of circumstance. You, how can you change that? If it's out there and it's out of your control, how can you heal that? How can you change that? So the ego will always try and take what's inside and push it out and make the problem out somewhere else other than where it really is, which is in your own mind, in your own body. When we look at, I'm never upset for the reason I think, the key word being think, because sometimes we can have an emotional upset and we don't really know why, why we feel upset. We can be triggered by something someone does and, and we feel we feel emotional about it. We feel angry or resentment, frustrated. We might blow our top. We may feel very sad. We may feel defeated, depressed. There's lots of different emotions we can feel. There's a whole array of emotions we can feel based on what someone's doing. But it's not for the reason we think. It's not because they're doing that. It's usually when we kind of follow it back, something from our own past or a belief or thought that we have about ourselves. So the question is really look within is the invitation. That's the key is look within. And then the question is really, how do I feel about what happened? So instead of staying in the head, thinking of all the reasons and creating this big, huge story, which keeps us in that life is happening to me mode and feeling like a victim of circumstances, when we take that back in, turn it inward and say, and, and say to ourselves, I'm never upset for the reason I think. 
and then you shift out of your head and into the feeling. How do you feel about what happened? That's where you can actually really get in underneath it. How do I feel about what happened? And then when you close your eyes and tune into the feeling, then the shift and the invitation is, where do I feel that? And what does it feel like? So there's a feeling in the way of the emotion. And then there's that feeling of where it is in the body and the experience of it in the body. When you take the path and follow the feeling into the body, it actually more, more often than not allows you to trace it back to the thought and belief or the memory or past experience or trauma that is leading to the current moment upset. So how do you feel about what happened allows you to shift from the head into the heart with a curious mind because we're going to use the mind to help us through this, but it's not going to lead the way. The heart's going to lead the way. And we go in by way of the feeling, the emotion. Sometimes people will feel this uh, like tension in the body and they're not even connected to the emotion. So when you go into the feeling, sometimes it's a physical feeling. I just want to punch something right now. And that's the feeling. And they don't realize that it's actually anger behind that. Not everybody is in touch with their emotions. And in certain circumstances, they, they detach from the emotions to try and keep themselves safe and protected. Because they don't want to feel the, the density or the depth of that, especially anger, revenge, and resentment. A lot of people will avoid those feelings. The challenge with avoiding those feelings is then you never actually raise your vibration up the emotional scale. I talked about that when I was talking about the 11 ways to raise your vibrational frequency in a previous episode. We have to go through the emotional scale and the emotional scale requires us to process in one way or another from those lower vibration emotions like fear and helplessness and hopelessness. How do we get to those higher levels, those higher vibrating levels? We need to actually move through anger revenge and resentment. Now we can, so they can be a blip. We can move through them fairly quickly or others mean to process them a little bit more. There's some more density or a thicker layer there, but our ability to honor and feel our feelings allows us to move through and allow that energy to shift out of us so that we can actually clean up our leftovers, which brings me to the next key. When we look at taking everything personally, we need to look at taking ownership. So we take ownership for how we feel, but also to heal our own leftovers. So let's just say, and this is kind of connected to the trigger piece. Let's say someone does something and you are impacted by it. You feel an emotional charge around it. You feel offended by it or angry about it, or you have an opinion about it a story about it, which leads to an emotion or a feeling around it. That indicates that there's something there for you to, to look at. You either have some leftover, leftovers within you that you need to look at. There's a trigger there because it's pointing to something within you. So triggers become a indication or a friend kind of pointing to something that's, that's left over for you. Something for you to look at. 
So if something makes you angry or frustrated or upset, that's an indication to look within and to take ownership for how you feel. So a good way to ask that would be to ask the question, how is this about me? It's not about them, it's about me. And when you ask the question, how is this, how is this, not is this about me, but how is this about me? Very important wording there. How is this about me allows you to turn inward and take ownership to heal the leftovers. So what happens is people will do something, you'll feel an emotional kind of blip or some kind of reaction because it's bumping up against your leftovers. It's bumping up against something that you are unresolved around an unresolved trauma, an unresolved past experience, unresolved resentment, or an unfelt grief, whatever it is, a feeling of unworthiness, not deserving, feeling unlovable, any of those things can trigger us, can be, can be triggered within us. And the ego will project it out and look at what other people are doing. So let me dive into projection here a little bit. And try and describe this to you because, again, just have some patience and I'm going to talk about it in different episodes. I've talked about it in past ones. And it, it's one of those things that it takes a while for the mind to really wrap, wrap around. When we look at projection, the ego loves to use projection. The ego uses projection to keep us from healing something. It throws it out, out of us and onto somebody else or onto something else in an attempt to keep us safe and to keep us to ha from having to feel our leftovers or our unresolved trauma within. When this happens, it is like kind of throwing something that you own over onto something, somebody else, and then you don't, you don't know it's there and you can't find it. You don't even know to look for it. You just think it's in a closet somewhere, but it's actually no longer in your possession. It's, it's kind of thrown out onto somebody else. And as long as it's over there, you can't see it. You can't heal it. And as long as it's over there, in some way, the ego can really convince you to feel justified in your anger, resentment, or blame. So we look at the projection cycle. This is how it works. We, it starts with us feeling bad in some way. So let's say someone did something and you feel bad. And when we feel bad, we want to feel better. So the ego will use blame and it'll blame something or somebody for how we feel. And we'll have temporary relief from that. We actually feel relieved when we blame somebody because it takes the ownership off of us and it throws it over there. So we actually feel relief. When we feel relief for a short time. It could be a very short time or it could be a little bit of a longer time. Then guilt sinks in. Now guilt can sink in. This is tricksy because we can feel guilty at a deeper level and not connect the guilt with how we're feeling toward the upset and the projection cycle. So guilt will come in and, and the ego feeds off of guilt. So in my book, The Evolution of the Ego, I talk about what feeds the ego and what starves the ego. Guilt 
is like the ego's best meal. It fills the ego up like you would not believe. The ego loves to use guilt. So with the projection cycle, we feel bad. We project blame onto somebody else or something else. We temporarily feel better. And then we feel guilty. Guilt sinks in or our guilt within that's already there expands a little bit. And we start to feel bad. And we don't like feeling bad. So we project and we blame and we judge. And then we feel better temporarily. But then we feel guilty. Guilt expands. And then we feel bad. And we project and judge and blame. Then we feel better temporarily. So you can see how it just keeps going. It just keeps going. There is nothing that stops that cycle except your present moment awareness and your conscious choice to take ownership and shift things around. Now, where do we break that cycle? Anywhere. You can break that projection cycle with awareness at any point. You can be, become aware of when you feel guilty. You can become aware of your, when you're casting blame. You can be aware of when you don't feel good and you want to blame and you want to project. At any point in the cycle, you can bring in awareness to support you in shifting and stopping that cycle in its tracks. I like to use the exercise with judgments. So when I talk about this third key here, it's like take ownership. So take ownership for for your thoughts, take ownership for your feelings, take ownership for the trigger, take ownership for your leftovers, and take ownership for your judgments and your blame. When you are blaming somebody, that is a sure sign that you need to look at something within yourself. When you're judging another person, that is an indication that ego is right there by your side. That teacher of fear is right there working it, working it, working it, and using fear to keep you feeling separate from other people. It loves to use blame and judgment to make us feel separate and also to make us feel superior and to see others as inferior. That's part of the spiritual ego. That's the, one of the 10 stages of evolution I talk about in my book. The spiritual ego is one of the most challenging egos to, to encounter and to unwind from. And the signal to allow us to be pointed inward is to look at our judgments. That's like, it's like a sign going off or a flag being waved. The moment you hear judgment or blame, stop yourself. So do a full stop. Take the exact words you're using, judging that person or blaming that person, write them down. When you write those words of judgment and blame down, it brings it more into the light, more into your light of awareness. It kind of makes it a little bit more real because the ego can have thoughts dancing around in your head a lot. And we, we can kind of just keep them up there and, and not really feel the, the impact of our judgments and our blames because they're just storming. Like there's just a storm of them all up in there. 
when we actually write them out and write down the exact judgment or share that judgment out loud with someone where you feel safe and you can join with someone that can, can hold space for you without, without their judgments, then you're able to actually bring it from inside out and expose it and bring it into the light of awareness. And once it's in the light of awareness, healing's already begun. There's a beautiful invitation there for healing. Take the judgment. So let's say you're blaming somebody, you're judging somebody for uh, not respecting you. So that person is disrespectful. They are disrespectful. Maybe that's your judgment. They are disrespectful. Turn that judgment around and ask, how are you disrespectful? How am I disrespectful? How does that show up for me in my life? Where do I believe I am disrespectful? And when we do that, we're actually able to explore it more internally. How am I disrespectful? If you really follow it down, there's usually a piece somewhere in there. So if you can see it in them, it must be in you. If you can see it in them as a judgment and blame, then it must be in you somewhere. And it's not always like a direct connection. It's often going back to, I'm never upset for the reason I think. It's often a, there's a connection, but it's, it's kind of like an interesting spiraled connection. They're connected, but not really connected. There's maybe some overlap. When we look at our triggers and we look at how we feel about what someone else does, then it's an opening for us to go inward and heal what's left within us. But it also, instead of continuing to create this separation, it actually allows us to feel more connected. Because when we can actually turn our judgments around and take ownership for them and really see them, then we can actually truly forgive. We first forgive the judgment. We forgive ourselves. We forgive the leftovers. We forgive the trauma. We forgive whatever it is, the feelings, whatever it is within ourselves. And when I talk about forgiveness, it's not traditional forgiveness. It's forgiving it over. Forgiving it over to spirit, to the universe, to God and saying, hold this for me. I do not know how to unwind from this. I do not know how to heal it, but guide me, lead me, direct me. That's life by divine. You're offering it over to the divine, forgiving it to the divine and saying, show me the way, show me how to unwind my mind. Show me how to clear and heal this judgment. Show me how to overcome these feelings of separation and remember my connectedness with everybody. Show me how to return to that state of living oneness. That's for giving it over. That's the forgiveness. And then there may be a forgiverness for what others do or don't do. It may be, maybe there's a forgiveness and extension outward for the behavior. Now, taking ownership doesn't mean that what they did is right or wrong. It just means that you're going to take your feelings and your experiences about what they did and process them enough that you can clear all of your leftovers so then you could turn around and share 
perhaps a new boundary. But if you're in your trigger, if you're feeling emotionally charged about something and you try and articulate that and you try and, and say it's going to be filtered through your own leftovers and the communication is not going to go as well as it could if you could first clear your stuff and then stand in true alignment with the divine and allow spirit to give you the words and give you the way and give you the timing in the way of sharing what you need to share with them. Going back to when people do what they do, if it doesn't impact you, then it's water off a duck's back. You have no triggers. You have no leftovers. And it doesn't mean that you don't set a boundary in that situation as well. When someone does something and you feel triggered by it, you feel impacted by it in some way, you're probably trying to protect yourself or protect somebody else. Clear your stuff first. Look within. Be curious. Take ownership. Heal your leftovers. And then set the boundary or then communicate what needs to be communicated or forgive and let go. Maybe there's nothing to be said. Now, the fourth key is going to help you kind of wrap this all up a little bit today. So I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to go into the fourth key that will help you stop taking everything so personally, but it'll help you not only heal and kind of bring you around, but bring it full circle so that you can then come back into that situation and do what's guided because what's guided, whatever comes through your heart, whatever comes from spirit or the divine is serving everyone everywhere all together all at once. And really what we want is what is for the highest good of all. And, and that is following our heart and letting the divine lead us. So I'm going to take a short break. You're listening to life by divine and we'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I am your host, Sue Demay. Today we've been talking about four keys to help you stop taking everything so personally. And I know it's challenging with everything going on in the world today. The shift is hitting the fan. A lot of people are resisting. There's a lot of chaos or perceived chaos happening. And a lot of times 
it's really challenging to not take things personally because especially if you're personally invested in the well-being of humanity like i am it's like my my every living breath is all about supporting humanity and and awakening everybody to the truth of who they are and it and for the longest time it was really challenging for me to lot to watch a lot of different things that are going on and now i find i can actually pull myself back a little bit and be the compassionate witness and in that i'm actually able to get different visions i receive downloads of different visions more in the kind of global perspective of what's happening so on a on a human level we can see these things that are going on and we can have these reactions as a human having these human experiences we can have these feelings and these triggers and then there's that that compassionate witness the divine within me as me witnessing what's happening and when i'm able to pull back and witness then i'm actually able to witness from a place of knowing that if i'm to play a part i will and if i'm not to play a part i'll step back and and hold space and just knowing that the divine is actually accessible to everybody the same spirit that connects with me is connecting with all of us we're all we all come from the same source so when we're able to tap into that divine nature within us it allows us to be guided in in those situations so i talked about the first three keys which is be curious and that keeps our mind open and it it kind of opens up space for exploring things without further judgment and then step 2 is look within being willing to look at your triggers remembering the course in miracles quote i am never upset for the reason i think and shifting from thinking to feeling how do i feel where do i feel it whether it's emotional or physical feeling go into the feeling and follow it from there go down as far as you can a lot of times with feelings we'll we'll kind of feel the layers of them so we might actually feel that first layer is anger resentment and if we actually stay with that long enough we can get in underneath it to the next layer which often is sadness and grief so depending on the situation but there's other emotions that are actually underneath but we get stuck in these on the surface level of these things because we're triggered and we stay in the trigger we stay in that projection cycle and judgment and that keeps us from actually healing the root of our upset so we really want to heal the root of the upset because then when we heal the roots of these upsets then things can happen in our lives and we don't have these emotionally charged reactions anymore we can actually respond to life from a loving compassionate witness it doesn't mean that we put up with things we can be the compassionate witness and still stand in setting boundaries we can stand up in in saying no this is not okay with me or your behavior is unacceptable it doesn't mean we just let things slide it's not it's not like we choose love and then we sprinkle it with love and and we don't set or say anything it it's the opposite actually we a choice for love is actually sometimes a choice of expression telling somebody that what they're doing is not okay and 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 this is how it's impacting you and others or whatever it is so again it's like the action the inspired action comes from you first looking at your triggers and then that third key is taking ownership and healing your leftovers when you do that then there's this 
then the divine can actually work through you and give you guidance in how to respond to the situation. Now, the fourth key is expectations and attachments. I want you to ask yourself, what expectations or attachments do I have? When we look at expectations, I've always learned that expectations equals disappointment. If you want to live a life of disappointment, have a lot of expectations, I'm guaranteeing guaranteeing you will be disappointed over and over and over again. When you have expectations about what others should or shouldn't do or how they should or shouldn't treat you, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Now, having said that, it doesn't mean that you don't set a boundary. You just don't expect people to honor that boundary all the time. So when we look at our own expectations and our own attachments to how people are or aren't or how they behave or don't behave, we can actually, again, take ownership for what we think should happen or what we think should, how things should be. And then we're able to actually shift from there. So we got some knocking. The neighbors are, they have a leak in their wall, so it's all concrete. So I'm down here in Turks and Caicos still. And, uh, they have uh, a leak in the condo next to us, so they they were drilling. That the knocking is actually quite quiet right now compared to what they were doing yesterday. So we can consider that just the divine knocking on our on our minds to open them up and knocking on our hearts to to invite us to heal. When we look at expectations, the only expectation I have at this point is to expect miracles. I have no expectations except one, to expect miracles. And a miracle can be a big shift or a little shift. There can be little miracles or big miracles, but every miracle is worthy of celebration. So if you have a shift in perspective, that's a miracle. If you can forgive, that's a miracle. Any amount of shift from fear to love, big or small, is a miracle. And the more you expect miracles, the more you'll be able to witness and celebrate them. And I would encourage you to celebrate every single one of them. Celebrate it with gratitude, celebrate it with with the energy of, of, of light and expansion, and just really bring it into your heart and take a moment of gratitude each time you have a miracle happen. When we let go of our expectations, and the biggest expectation I've seen over and over again and I was actually just coaching one of my clients through this recently, is the expectation that others will change or the expectation that they should change, the judgment that they should change and the expectation that they will. Expecting them to be different or act differently than they have in the past. People are just going to go through life and they're going to continue doing what they've always done. Most people will not change or they'll resist change as much as possible. The challenge is right now as as this global shift is happening and this calling is getting stronger and stronger for all of us to wake up is those people that are resisting it are really struggling, like really struggling. It's really hard to stay asleep at the wheel. It's really hard to live life by default compared to before. So I have compassion for those people. And at the same time, it doesn't mean that I put up with certain behaviors or I allow certain behaviors into my life. I do set 
healthy guided boundaries. And that includes letting go of any expectations that people are going to change. When people are doing a behavior that is, for me, is not okay in my life, it's not acceptable, I will communicate that in one way or another. And if they continue to do that behavior, then there's consequences to their choices. Like a toddler, you can't tell someone, if you do that again, I, um, you know, this is what's going to happen, and then not follow through. You need to follow through on any consequences you set, any boundaries you set, it's particularly if you add a boundary with a consequence. When you let go of expectations, you can just witness the behavior again, okay? It, it will be less of a trigger, let's say it that way. It's less of a trigger. They do it again, you're like, okay, I've already said that this is unacceptable and, and this is what's going to happen now. And then again, stick to that boundary. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't forgive later, but, but stand solid in that. And what that is, it's not saying no to them. It's saying yes to you. It's not saying no to their behavior. It's saying yes to love for yourself or saying yes to love, period. When we actually are saying no to fear-based programming or fear-based behavior, we are actually saying yes to ourselves saying yes to love or saying yes for other people. If you, like for me, ho holding space for a community, having a community, there's certain things that I, I can't tolerate is, is, is non-negotiable, non is unacceptable. And to be able to communicate that in a way that honors everybody is challenging sometimes, but it's necessary. It's a necessary boundary to keep everybody feeling safe because in our community, there's real deep vulnerable healing happening all the time. And we need to be able to feel safe in that container. And if someone's coming in and having a behavior that is actually not serving the community as a whole, then I need to have those sweaty palm conversations with people. But it's essential. And when I have no expectations, then I have less disappointment. But I definitely have boundaries. And there's definitely consequences to those boundaries. And they're loving consequences. Not, they're, not, they're not appreciated necessarily, but they're loving consequences because they're set not by me personally, because the ego loves to, to use the, the, the thing about personally. Anything personal is the ego. We use guided. What, what is guided? What is guided is for the highest good of all. So I give everything that's happened, I ask for guidance, and then I follow the guidance. Because I know that's serving everyone. Doesn't mean that that person's going to appreciate it. But you need to process your own stuff first. The only way to become a clear channel for that guidance is to clear your own stuff first. So be curious, keeps your mind open, look within, so you can look at those triggers for yourself. How do you feel? Go follow the feeling. Take ownership. Feel your leftovers. Look at your projections. Look at your judgments and blame. Turn them back in on yourself. How is this true for me? Where does this show up for me? And it's not necessarily directly related. It's sometimes in a, in a different situation in your life. And then what expectations do you have? 
And expectations and attachments go really close together here. If you have an attachment to someone behaving a certain way or attachment to having a certain relationship or not having a certain relationship, all those things can set us up for disappointment. The next time you take something personal, recognize that anytime you feel it's personal, it's the ego. The ego is in there somewhere because spirit doesn't take things personally. Spirit is your teacher of love. Ego is your teacher of fear. It's only ego that can take things personally. When you're feeling like you're taking something personally, your willingness to be curious and look within and take ownership and look at your expectations and your attachments is going to allow you to shift from fear, heal any blocks that are in the way, and allow you to return back to alignment with love. It's going to shift you from that, that default reactive state, which is life by default, and it's going to shift you into life by design or life by divine. If you can get to life by design, that's better than living in life by default. Because in life by default, we are reacting to life. We are reacting to what other people are doing. We're taking everything personally or a lot of things personally. And the ego thrives in this, in this stage if we're living in that, in that phase. And the ideal thing, the ideal scenario is for us to stop taking things personally and to shift into recognizing that everything is playing out for everyone's highest good. And if it's on your path, it's purposeful. And for you to judge something that's on your path is judging the divine plan for your life. Because on a human level, we don't know what everything is for. We sometimes have an idea. We can sometimes make up a story. And we sometimes can have a perspective that brings us peace calms our mind but really on a human perspective we don't know what all this is for but on a soul level when we connect to the divine within us and the divine that is part of each one of us that we're all connected to we know it's operating on behalf of everyone everywhere all together all at once if something occurs on your path, it's there for a reason. When you're taking it personally, you will not get connected to that reason. You will not use it as an opportunity to heal. You will not be able to even see any part of how you are, how you can take ownership of it or how you can heal your leftovers. You will be so busy projecting your feelings outward justifying how you feel, justifying your reaction that it will keep you away from the opportunity to heal. And it will continue to feed the feelings of separation that the ego loves to create. When we look at not taking things personally and if we feel a human reaction we can shift into, okay, this is how I feel. And we can be curious. And we can use it as an opportunity to get back into alignment. 
And in that place of alignment, when we're in alignment with love, when we're living oneness, when we're living love alignment, we can actually meet that person with love. When fear meets fear, fear expands. When love meets fear, love expands. It doesn't mean that person shifts gears. That person may still stand in fear. That's okay, but you can stand in love. That is what can shift and change the world. The more of us who remove those obstacles to blocking our alignment, when we remove those obstacles, when we heal our leftovers, when we look at our triggers and we clear that channel, and we become the clearest channel possible, we can actually meet life with love. We can meet everyone with love. And when we can't meet someone with love, then we need to look at what is blocking me? What do I need to see? What do I need to do? And it might just be that there's a boundary you need to be set. Maybe it's as simple as that. But the only way you're going to get clear about that is to stop, look within, Make sure you clear all your stuff. There's nothing there. And then get the guidance. What do I need to do? What is it? What is it that I'm meant to, to do in this situation? How can I meet fear with love in this moment? What would love say? What would love do? What would love, how would love show up here? And remembering that love isn't always, doesn't always sound kind. Love sometimes is, is kind of tough love. Sometimes it's telling people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. When we show up with the intention of being the clearest channel possible, we are serving everyone, everywhere. It's, it's contributing to the healing of all of humanity. So I know you, know you all know the quote, be the change. If we want to see more examples of love in the world, we need to show up as love more. And the only way we can show up as love more is to remove all our blocks to love within. And that begins with looking at our own stuff and using these moments where we're triggered, where we're taking something personally to look within and heal ourselves. The more we heal ourselves, the more we contribute to the healing of all of humanity. And the better equipped we will be to hold our light and be the beautiful examples of love in the world. To show up and play your part. Your part is essential. It's necessary right now. And it doesn't matter how small your part looks or how big your part looks. Your part is essential. Your role the role that you're meant to play at this point in your life is essential. The contribution that you have within you that you're meant to give to humanity is essential. And it's essential part of the recipe. Everybody has a part to play and the recipe needs everybody's part. It's like making cookies, but not putting in the sugar. It changes the recipe. It changes the experience of the cookies and the taste of the cookies. Everybody's role is like a piece of the recipe, an essential piece of the recipe, including yours. So my encouragement to you is look at when you're taking things personally. Be willing to look within. Be wildly curious so your mind stays as wide open as possible. 
take ownership, heal your leftovers, look at your expectations and attachments, and then expect a miracle. Expect a miracle. I've had, I've, I've used this process over and over again with, with hundreds of clients, but also with myself over and over again, every day, my, my whole, every breath is about healing for me. And when we can use these tools, there's, there's this beautiful moment where you wake up and you're no longer triggered. Someone can do something. You're like, wow, I would have normally reacted. I would have normally lost my, lost my mind. And I'm not because I did the work. And when we do the work and we have these beautiful full circle healings, the miracles that come from that are extraordinary and amazing and so worth doing the work for. Not only does it create a deeper connection to our, our self with our higher self, so with the divine, but it also creates deeper connections with each other. It removes those obstacles that create separation and it reminds us of our oneness with each other and all that, all that is everywhere. So hopefully today was helpful for you. I would love to hear from you as you take these tools. I don't care which episode. As you take these tools and start to integrate them, I'd love to hear back from you and hear how, how it's helping you. And one way to do that is to join our Heart Yes Movement group on Facebook. It's a free group. It's free to join that. That level of membership is the open level of membership. So come join us there and share how these episodes are impacting you. Join in the conversation and join with other like-hearted individuals and, and know that you're not alone in this world and that there's more and more people doing this healing work and there's more and more people waking up. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be in community with others that are, that are inspired to do the same. I love you all. I appreciate you. I see you. And I look forward to pouring my heart into your life as much as I can over the weeks. Until next time, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.